All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong and I am the Get Fit Guy. Whether it's a full marathon or a 10k, training for a race can have less than desirable consequences if you are not prepared. And today's guests, Angie and Trevor Spencer from the Marathon Training Academy, discuss ways that you can avoid those pitfalls and arrive at your finish line healthy and happy. I've often seen some crazy statistics that state that somewhere between 65 and 80% of runners end up injured before they even reach their goal race. Whether it's 65% or 80%, well, that's a pretty shocking number. But there are steps that we can take to protect ourselves and avoid the disappointment of becoming an injured statistic. Because, like most things in life, being successful really comes down to preparing properly. Now, to help me explain how to prepare properly for any distance race, I've asked two people who really know what they're doing, Angie and Trevor Spencer. Their podcast, Marathon Training Academy, has been inspiring and empowering people to live more active lives since 2010 by encouraging them to unleash their marathon potential. Their podcast features actionable training tips that are delivered in a funny and relatable style. The co-hosts of that show join me on this episode to give you the information you need to complete a race and change your life. So, on with the interview. Everybody, I want you to meet Trevor and Angie Spencer. Hey, guys. Hi, and, good to be here. <laughs> and like I said, they run a podcast called the Marathon Training Academy. One of the things I really enjoyed about, especially in the early days of your, your podcast, Angie, you'd already been doing some marathons. But as I recall, I remember Trevor's first marathon and actually like the struggles you were having when you were training for that marathon. Having said that, that's exactly what I'm hoping you guys will be able to sort of spell out for for my listeners, to all the get fit guy folks out there who are planning to train for not even a marathon, like maybe a half marathon, maybe even a 10K, because really, depending on where you're coming from, those are equally surmountable or insurmountable sort of uh, yeah. endeavors to get into. So would you guys be able to, to give us a couple of pieces of advice, um, some training obstacles, some mistakes that you've seen, whether it's your own mistakes or the people that you coach, um, and just sort of give our listeners not only some encouragement, but maybe some, uh, <laughs> what's that called, antidotes? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I guess one of the things that when a person is getting into long distance running, one mistake we see a lot is that people have the tendency to do too much too soon. Yes. So, you know, this can be a whole, you know, depending, you can be like just training for a 5K, it can be all the way up to the marathon or ultra marathon distance. And 
This can come in the way of running too many days per week in the beginning, you know, for your body to handle. This can come in the form of running too many miles per week or even training for a distance that you're not ready for. So if you don't have a solid running base, you really need to build that before you start training for a half or a full marathon. And, you know, when it comes to long distance running, more is not always better. And we understand mm. there's that tendency, you know, you've fallen in love with running, it's giving you more energy, you're seeing all these positive payoffs in your life. And, it th- you know, you think if, okay, three days of running is doing this for me, then let's go to five or seven days of running <laughs> per week, you know, yeah. and so sometimes people run themselves into injury, unfortunately. So we always encourage people not to cram for a marathon or half marathon or 10k, whatever you're training for. Take the time to build up your body. Um, it's said that your muscles, your joints, your tendons take actually longer to adapt to long distance running than your heart and your lungs, your cardiovascular system. So mm. kind of make sure it all comes together at the same time so that you know your, your plans and your goals aren't derailed early. So you could feel like you're ready to run faster because your lungs are handling it better, but yet your, your structure, your foundation is not quite there. I remember when I first started, and you, you've got a great memory, Brock, about me uh, <laughs> being a total newbie uh, in the beginning, and I trained for my first marathon, which is 2011, and I started out just doing a run-walk program that mm. Angie wrote for yeah. me, and it was difficult to even run for one minute straight, and then I would walk for three and then run for one minute, and I hated it. It was miserable. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, but I wanted to see if I could learn to like it, see if I could really change that part of my nature. And, uh, and sure enough, it, it happened. But I remember feeling back then when we're talking about mistakes, I remember feeling that unless I was running fast and like really pushing every run that I wasn't going to, uh, make gains or I wasn't being, you know, sufficiently athletic, not being a real runner, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had no idea about, you know, zone two training and running slower to get faster. So if you push it every single time, that's a good way to burn out quick. Yeah. And I think one thing that kind of segues from doing too much too soon is also making running your only activity, you know, Uh, so as runners, we understand, you know, we run because there's, there's that payoff, you know, we we're feeling great and we have this running goal. So it makes sense to run, but you know, you can't have that temptation to just run, um, and expect that you're going to get stronger and expect that you're going to stay injury free. And people are pressed for time. And so sometimes it can be challenging just to fit the running part into your daily life. So, and also that, you know, runner's high also kicks in really well when you're running. And sometimes maybe when you're doing yoga or your strength training, you don't feel necessarily that, that feel good hormone that gives you that feedback and everything. So people tend to just run and, only mm-hmm. running and not doing that necessary strength and mobility training can often lead to imbalances. It can lead to injuries. And, you know, if you lose that running part because you're injured and you, then it's like you have nothing else, you, you know, what mm-hmm. do you fall back on mentally and emotionally that can be really, really challenging. So we always encourage people as they're building up their running base to also implement strength training, you know, strengthen your core muscles, make sure that you have the flexibility and mobility that you need as a runner. It doesn't mean that you have to be as flexible as a gymnast. You know, you don't have to be as strong as an Olympic weightlifter, but don't be afraid to lift heavy weights. Don't be afraid to take dedicated time to strengthen your core muscles because it's only going to make you a stronger runner and give you more longevity as a runner. So that's, you know, one of the mistakes that we see people make is not taking the time to do other activities. 
Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism. And his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. So what else? What else have we got for us in terms of marathoning mistakes? Well, one thing we see a lot is that people set an aggressive time goal for their first marathon or fill in the blank half marathon 10K. Most people who are training for a marathon are fairly high achievers. They're goal oriented. They're really driven to be their best in the first place. And so they think, okay, I need to run a fast marathon. I need to, you know, beat so-and-so's time, whether it's Oprah's time, or I need to (laughs) beat my buddy who ran a marathon, or, you know, they see someone who ran a marathon and, you know, qualified for Boston the first time. And so they have this like Mm -hmm. ideal, like I need to be my best at my very first marathon. And setting an aggressive time goal can actually cause people to not focus on just building their endurance. It's a huge accomplishment to build up to those long runs, those 16 milers, 20 milers. You know, those things are a big accomplishment, just taking pace out of the equation. And so we really encourage people to train for endurance first, show up at the starting line healthy and strong and have a strong marathon experience. Cross that finish line with a smile on your face, no matter what your finishing time. You know, and so so take time out of the equation. There's always going to be a chance to come back and go for a you know personal record or personal best. But for that first marathon, make it about just celebrating how strong and healthy your body is that you're able to do that distance. You know, mm-hmm. 26.2 miles is an accomplishment, <laughs> you know, no matter if you do it in world record pace or whether, you know, you do it in six hours, six hours and 30 minutes. You know, we have a lot of slower marathoners that listen to our podcast and it's it's the same distance. It's the same accomplishment. Um, having a faster pace does not make you any more of a real runner. So we always encourage people to just take the time out of the equation for your first half marathon or marathon and just really focus on being that strong, healthy runner who's going to have a good experience. We don't want people to be like one and done marathon. Yes. Yeah. We want them to be able to make this a lifestyle, to be able to run long distances if they want to, you know, all the way up into their 80s and 90s. And another thing too, maybe I can add that is related to this, Brock, is that your half marathon times don't necessarily translate to marathon times. We've seen <laughs> Absolutely, that. yeah. You can't just double your half marathon time and expect that to That's, be your marathon oh yeah, finish. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And those online calculators too can be misleading. <laughs> so the, a marathon is a whole different ball game than a half. I can run a two-hour half marathon pretty reliably. You know, that's, that's my sweet spot. I cannot run a four hour full marathon. I've only done sub four twice. 
and it took all I had, you know? Yeah. So four and a half, five, that's like more realistic for me. And, and now like recently I've been even more slow cause I've been doing like really hard um, <laughs> hilly and mountainous marathons, but yeah, it's all relative depending on exactly. the conditions of the course, um, elevation, weather, you know, you just don't know what the marathon is going to throw at you. There's so many factors you can't control. And so having the mindset that you're there to go the distance, you're there to just soak in the whole atmosphere and feel really proud of yourself no matter how it goes, I think is so important. That's a, a huge point. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, do you guys have any uh, any tips on on how to manage that stress and, and keep your training in, in check along with your, your life goals? You guys have three children and <laughs> successful businesses and everything going on. So you, you're no stranger to stress, I'm sure. No, I never have it. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the stress and he has none. No. Nice. There you go. I think your mindset has a lot to do with it. Um, the way you look at your life. Obviously, all of us are going to have stress no matter how successful you are. And that's just something that you can't avoid is recognizing that you are going to have stress. And I think marathon training helps you become a more resilient person. It helps you deal with those challenges, those bad runs, the times when, you know, you just you just feel gutted in the middle of your long run and you realize that you just have to put one foot in front of the other and finish. And so I think I think dealing with stress and marathon training can go hand in hand, but it all comes back to expectations. If you have a lot going on in your life, if you have don't have any margin, if you're not getting the sleep that you need, if you're not really being purposeful about stress reduction techniques, yeah, the marathon can actually add stress to your life because if you're you're really, you know, gunning for a fast time, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. It can just be one more thing that you have to do and maybe yeah. that you feel like you're not measuring up. For me, I'm a real sleep zealot. I really believe sleep is so huge. Mm -hmm. If a person is not getting the sleep they need, they're not going to be able to recover their muscles. They're not going to be able to build new muscles effectively. Your resources for handling stress are just decreased. Um, you know, studies show that you're going to eat more if you don't get the sleep that you need. And often it's empty calories. <laughs> so <laughs> I really feel like marathoners need more sleep. Meditation mm -hmm. is another thing that mm -hmm. is really huge in my life. I've really felt that just the daily practice of meditation has been really helpful for me. And, and everyone's going to find something different that works for them. I'm not saying that meditation is the end all. Or, you know, if you just get enough sleep, all your problems are going to go away. <laughs> it's definitely about balance and priorities and stuff. But Well, when it comes to races, I think we've learned a lot of things by trial and error. You know, we've gone to like over 60 races now probably. And now we've learned to um, get to the starting line the day before so we make sure how to how to get there and where to go instead of trying to figure it out the morning of. Yeah. Um, we also have figured out, speaking of sleep, that we just don't sleep well the night before a race. There's just too much adrenaline. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. So <laughs> that's normal. Don't beat yourself up if yeah, you're laying yeah. awake at 2 a.m. or waking up every hour looking at your clock. Yeah, try try to bank a lot of good sleep before you get in the car to go to your race because if you're staying the night there beforehand, uh, you're probably not going to rest that well. Angie loves to be to the starting line early. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do always allow like two hours to let your food digest before you go out there and try to run. Otherwise, you'll have GI distress, which is not fun. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> to, to wrap things up, I'm going to put you guys on the spot and just to to humanize you a little bit or, or maybe to help the listeners identify with you a little bit. Do you, can you give me one of your worst marathon moments 
from the from the last how many did you say 60 some races well i've done 16 marathons and angie's done 55 55 so yeah we've been over 60 races so this might be hard to to pick out (laughs) yeah well i mean there is there have been a lot of low moments to be honest over my 50 plus marathons there have been some where i'm just in a bad mental space and i'm Mm. thinking why am i doing this you know you pass like the half marathon cut off all the half marathoners are going off to finish and you still have Uh, half the race to go and you're thinking you know why am i a marathoner (laughs) i promised myself before that just finish this race and you never have to run another marathon so all those things are normal. I guess more recently, I'm working on a, trying to do a marathon in all 50 states. And so... Oh, is that the Marathon Maniacs? Yes. Well, thing? yeah, like a 50-state club kind of Marathon Maniac okay. type thing. And we drove up to Alaska this summer with our family. And so I did the Juno Marathon. Nice. And I had been having some foot pain leading up to the race. And we'd been doing a lot of hiking and just kind of high activity level. And so that race, I don't know, I just was not in the right mental space and my foot was hurting. So I was hot. It didn't have a lot of core support. It was kind of sparse with the aid stations and things like that. And so like the last six miles, honestly, I just limped to the finish line hmm. and, you know, thinking the whole time, like I'm thirsty, I want this to be over. So, hmm. you know, even if you're an experienced marathoner, you're going to have those moments and, just taking it in stride and realizing we all have bad races. We all have bad long runs, but that doesn't define me as a runner. You know, I know mm-hmm. there's going to be better races ahead and can realize it's just, it's just part of my running story. It doesn't, doesn't. And, and most times people are not going to care what your finishing time is. I think sometimes people are embarrassed to say like, you know, Oh, my time was this, mm-hmm. you know, very few times have people even asked me what my finishing time was, unless they're like a hardcore runner. Usually you know, someone will say, well, did, did you win? You, did you win? <laughs> did you win? Yeah, I love that question. No, but I got this awesome medal. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a story. We were signed up to do the Marine Corps Marathon for the first time. We've done it twice. Six days before the race, I was I was uh, leading a hike. This is when we still lived in Missouri. I was taking a bunch of teenagers out in the woods hiking, and we were jumping from boulder to boulder on these massive rocks. And so I jumped thinking I was still a teenager, I guess. <laughs> and when I landed, I rolled my ankle and it, it sw- swelled up to like the size of a softball and e- it was bad. And I was supposed <laughs> to run the Marine Corps Marathon in six days. So I had it x-rayed. There's no fracture. It was just a really bad sprain. We ended up going and had a, a meetup with some podcast fans. One of them was um, a nurse practitioner and she said, you could probably do it, but go get an air cast and, and mm. wear that tomorrow and just, you know, stop running and just walk whenever it feels painful. So that's what I did. I went and got an air cast and I think I finished the, the race in like six hours, but you know, I made all the cutoffs and I ran mm. my first Marine Corps marathon wearing an air cast and my, my ankle was still swollen. So that gave me, I mean, it was a, a story that worked out good in the end, but I felt like <laughs> such an idiot. And we're not saying that People should run a marathon on a sprained ankle. That's, <laughs> no, this that's is not, not advisable. The, <laughs> that's not the moral of the story, but yeah, <laughs> it worked out in his case. And you probably looked really cool with that huge yeah. robo boot on. <laughs> he was among the walking wounded in the back of the pack. <laughs> nice. I was definitely in the back. I could see the sweeper cars on the, uh, the out and back Ooh. sections. But, you know, sometimes the most inspiring runners are in the back of the pack. You know, it's the people who really yeah. have the physical challenges 
and they're not letting excuses hold them back. They really just have that mm-hmm. that goal and they've worked so hard and you know, really I find a lot of inspiration from slower runners because it's it's tough to be out there that long and yeah. they have every right and should be so proud of their accomplishment, you know, as as the faster runners. So I, I think that's amazing. Well, that is an awesome place to to finish up. Thank you guys so much for coming on the Get Fit Guy podcast today and sharing your Actually, they weren't embarrassing stories at all. Those were awesome <laughs> stories and and some some really great advice. I hope everybody can take a lot of that advice to heart and and use it in their training for for their upcoming races, whether it's a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon, a triathlon, a Spartan race, whatever you've got your eyes set on. I think all of this advice is is very relevant. So, thank you Trevor, thank you Angie, and Everybody can find you at marathontrainingacademy.com. Yeah, definitely. Marathontrainingacademy.com. Awesome. Or if you want to find our podcast, all you got to do is Google MTA podcast. Perfect. And I think we come up right away. So, Well, thank you guys. All right. As always, you can find me and join in some more conversation about everything that Trevor and Angie just talked about at facebook.com slash getfitguy or twitter.com slash getfitguy or getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com or brockarmstrong.com. My name is Brock Armstrong and I am the Get Fit Guy asking you, what are you waiting for? Get out there and train for your endurance race. (laughs) 